Hello, it's time to build your empire. Sophie Zolman, owner and founder of Sophie Zoe Virtually There For You, is sharing the secrets to building a better business and taking back your time. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Building Your Empire with Sophie Zoe. I'm excited for another great guest today. Uh, her name is Lisa Dad. She spent 15 years in the competitive industry of corporate healthcare, mastering strategic sales, marketing, and management skills from the world's largest pharmaceutical company. In addition to the success climbing the corporate ladder offered was a deep sense her greatest potential was yet to be realized. It took several years as an independent consultant and an intense training in leadership development and social emotional learning to uncover an innate way to access that potential. Leveraging a diagnostic tool called Soul Language, Lisa now works with innovative leaders to integrate an awareness of who they are at their core into the way they do business. The success of her process is particularly related to her unique approach to sales training. Soul Sales teaches the art of creating buy-in through the enrolling language of one's natural essence. Lisa, Thank you for being on the show today. Welcome to my Empire Building podcast. Um, how are you today? Well, thank you, Sophie, for having me. I absolutely love it. I love it, like Empire Building, too. It's like, like let's not be small here. Let's just think big. So I love it. It's great. It's New Year. And yeah, let's build our empires. <laughs> I said, that, yes, definitely. All right. So the question I ask all my guests, what is your best tip, trick, or advice for that business owner who wants to grow from six to seven figures and beyond. Mm -hmm. Radical self-awareness. If I had to, yeah, if I had to say it in one short phrase, it would be radical self-awareness. Um, yeah, it's a big piece of the work that I do. I actually, I really believe that, you know, a lot of times we'll hear, you know, people buy from those they know, like, and trust. So get them to trust you or be authentic in your marketing and, I think those are really nice concepts, but they're really kind of surfacey and baseline. You know, nobody, I don't think, wakes up and thinks I'm trying to be inauthentic, right? So I think it goes deeper than that. I think when we have a radical sense of who we are at our core, it allows us permission to shine where we can shine. It allows us to be okay with passing off parts of our business to other people when it's not our genius. Um, it allows for so, I mean, it's so many things. Those are a couple of them. I love that radical self-awareness. So tell me a little bit, a bit, a little bit more about that. How do we get to that radical self-awareness? Because I can totally make that connection between the radical self-awareness and those other things, the authenticity, being yourself online or whatever, wherever you're at. And you're right. You have to really know who you are to be authentic, to be who you are. And you have to know the difference between who you think you should be, who you've potentially been raised to be, and who you really are. So tell us more about how we get there. Oh, we could unpack so much of what you just said there, and especially in that last little bit about who we were raised to be and what society wants us to be. And that is, I think, where our inauthenticity comes from is these layers of who should I be? And can I, if I needed to people please, if I'm a people pleaser, or I was raised to be, you know, seen and not heard, or that girls are supposed to be um, not as smart as boys, or, you know, there's all sorts of things that we've been raised um, with ideas and beliefs that sort of layer over top of um, preventing us from really being who we are. So to me, it all begins with just a desire for that, a recognition that knowing ourselves impacts our business, right? If we're building empires, 
you know, you can't grow your business without growing yourself. Most people know that. But the more we can sort of, the more we can learn that, and I think it's layered. To me, it's a, it's a life journey. It's like at some point in time, I realized a long time ago, people kept saying, oh, you're a really good leader, right? I was told a lot of time, you know, I was put in leadership positions. I was told I was a good leader. I was, you know, my, my astrology says I'm a natural born leader. And, but what did that really mean? And how do I show up in that? And then when I've sort of mastered kind of the level of that showing up, how do I go a little bit deeper and really understand more of me and what makes me a good leader? And what are the other aspects of my, well, I use the term soul language because it's a tool I use, but where else can I start to see the differences between who I am and who other people are? Got it. Got it. So speaking of the soul language piece of it, Soul language to me speaks of, you know, language, obviously, and, you know, verbal, written, what have you. Um, And then soul, of course, speaks to, you know, the inner depths of me, who I am and, and those kinds of things. How do we take soul language from the very deep inside of us Mm -hmm. and bring that out to the world? You know, I mean, because it is discovering who you are, but then it's also articulating it. Yeah. Yeah. So the first piece is listening to it. So our soul is speaking to us, whispering to us, yelling at us, smacking us in the head all the time. And it does it in different ways, right? So often when I say to people, whether I've done your soul language report or not, and I use the tool because it allows me to accelerate the language I use to activate that person's soul. Um, That's the reason I use the tool. But really I say to them, your soul's been speaking to you your whole life. So when you think about, often I'll ask people when I work with them, first I'll say, what did you used to do when you were a kid? You know, what was the toy you played, the game you played, the sport you played? What was that thing when you had free time and it didn't matter? You were allowed to do whatever you wanted to do. It's like you're, you know, little kids, right? Their souls are at the surface. They're talking to them all the time. And so there's little hints, right? It's like it weaves through our lives. And so you don't need a tool really initially to start noticing that when your life's whispering to you. those moments where you feel like you're in the zone, you know, the zone athletes talk about the zone when you feel like you're really in your groove and you're in the zone and things are just flying. Like that's your soul talking to you when you, when certain things bring you joy and other things like, just like, don't feel great, you know? Um, Yeah. And I often say to people, you know, my, my whole, um, you know, I talk a lot on this idea that there's this huge potential for growth inside our comfort zone because we're always told we have to go outside of our comfort zone. And I want to get people back into that space inside them that, Ooh, this feels really good. I love this. And this is, I'm this is in my flow and I want to master this more because it's just, it brings me joy. Um, so there's, I guess there's lots of different ways that we can do it. That sounds good. Well, and I love, you know, and you're, I will say you're the first person who've ever said, I want to get back to being inside my comfort zone, your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also understand why you're saying that, because if you haven't mastered the you inside your comfort zone, it makes it a million times harder to step out of your comfort zone to do anything more courageous, more, you know, whatever it is, you know, you want more, you want to build that empire And if you haven't really built everything from the inside out to begin with, it's hard to step out of your comfort zone, even harder to step out of your comfort zone to do it because you really aren't in your comfort zone to begin with. Not really. Well, here's, and here's the, here's the twist on it. Here's the paradigm shift. What if it's actually more that you need to step 
inside your comfort zone to grow your empire. See, we're taught that growth is only outside of our comfort zone. And I always look to mother nature and I said, yeah, grass and weeds can crack through concrete to grow. That is uncomfortable. But if you plant grass in rich soil and water it and give it some sunshine, how much does it grow compared to the concrete grass? Quite yes. differently, right? So you take someone who's building an empire and they say, okay, go outside your comfort zone. Now you got to learn this skill set. Now you got to learn that skill set. And there are a lot of skill sets, but you know, I love your business because what are you doing for people? You're saying, let us handle all these other things. So you can go back in your comfort zone. Like if, if you have a brilliant, if someone has a brilliant natural um, communication ability, like I, my sages. So anyone who has a dominant sage energies are our true communicators then they need to be out there communicating. They don't need to be back in the back office filling all the, the administrative work or even teaching classes so that people are learning education-wise. Like Communication is their, their skill set. Or if they have true leadership energy, how much in their business are they leading and allowing themselves to lead and let, letting, leading other people and their genius to do what they do? So I almost say to, you know, it's like in order to grow your empire, do you have to do some things that are outside your comfort zone? Yes. But if you want to go to that next level, more than likely, you actually have to go back inside it and, and there's growth available there. Right. Well, and I get that. And that make that does make a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, I can kind of see where some people may not actually call it a comfort zone more, which is OK. It's how they perceive it and how they understand it. So it, it, yes, it's a comfort zone, but it's also, it's kind of like, you know, let's, let's find your genius and use, yeah. you know, you got to focus on your genius, which may be inside your comfort zone, like yeah. you're saying, because it is who you are and what you want to do and what, you know, fills you full of passion and joy. And you're just like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. Oh, this is it. This is it. It is technically a comfort zone because it's your area of genius. And if you haven't been focused on focusing on that then you're going to be all discombobulated and not, you know, doing your best and growing that empire that you want to grow. So I love that. It's a great way to put in your comfort zone without, you know, totally negating stepping out of your comfort zone. To oh do yeah. I'm not saying there's no growth outside your comfort zone. There surely is. I don't like when people say it's only available outside your comfort zone. And of course I use the words on purpose to rub people. Right. So that's a beautiful thing about soul language is we, we use language that's activating. So someone goes, well, wait a second. What do you mean I can grow in comfort? It's because society's taught us that comfort's bad. It means it's lazy, it's stagnant, it's lethargic, it's apathetic, right? right. And I think, you know, the, I, I always, I think the pandemic taught us so many things, but one of those things people say, well, if I could just be comfortable all day, I'd watch Netflix all day long. And then the pandemic hits and, and everything's locked down and all we have to do is watch Netflix. And I, I would ask people out there listening to your show that want to grow, how comfortable was that? after the sixth season of game of thrones it's like <laughs> at some point we're raging going now don't lock us down we don't want to sit on our couches and do nothing well we used to think oh that would be comfortable well anybody who's up against growth knows that they won't they aren't comfortable sitting still doing nothing not not giving themselves growth opportunities that is super uncomfortable right so i like to play with that language on purpose it's like poking people going oh yeah what if you know, it's a paradigm shift. 
I love that because, yeah, I mean, well, for me, I've been working from home for 20 years now. So that part of the pandemic was like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, my God, I got to work from <laughs> home. I got this and that going on. And, so, and I'm like, yeah, I've been doing that for 20 years. That's not a big deal. I'm right. Good with that. <laughs> You're good. That's it. <laughs> Homebody. So, you know, even not, not being able to go out locally wasn't too bad, except for my foodie thing. You know, obviously I was like, ooh, I can't go to my gourmet restaurants. But where and it did it didn't really hit me about that whole, you know, sitting on the you know, everybody was sitting on the couch binging Netflix. It's like, well, I do that every evening anyway, because that's you know, that's what we do together, you know. But so none of that would hit me. But what hit me was the ability to travel, mm. to go to business conferences, to go to the beach, because the beach is one of my passions. And it's like I live in Nashville, Tennessee. There's no beach here. Not none whatsoever. I mean, lake beaches don't count. I want ocean beaches. So, you know, it's like, yeah, what if, if I were stuck on the beach all day long, as much as I love the beach, it would get old. It would get old. Yeah, It would get old. And, you know, I know my people are out there going, oh my gosh, this is the woman who wants to move to the beach and have the beach life in a couple of years. Yes, I do. But that beach life doesn't mean I'm going to stop working and sit on my butt on the beach all day long because I would be bored, silly, and I would, you know, I would begin to digress and to progress and grow. And that's not what I want. You know, even if I even that day, you know, faded day when you retire, are you really going to retire and sit on your butt and do nothing? I mean, like you said, the pandemic, it taught us, do I really want to sit on my butt and do nothing? Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, and it does. It definitely does make uh, people uncomfortable when they start to think about that. It's like they want to retire, but anybody who's doing something that they absolutely love to do, the idea of retirement becomes really uncomfortable because like, what am I going to do with myself? Um, So yeah, I'd like to take this from a bigger, um, the the paradigm shifting approach, but to really say, you know, listening to people, the people that are listening right now that are building their empires, it's like, okay, well, what is my next kind of level? Right. So a lot of people who who got this far in their business, they have some good self-awareness. They know exactly what they're good at. And they've been told it maybe for years and years. The question is like, what's what's next? Like, what's that next level? What's that next layer? It's like, okay, if I already know, say, for example, I'm a great leader and I know that my best approach is I know I have the approach of the priest, I have dominant king energy and approach of the priest. But what does that mean? And how do I take that to the next level? And if I'm used to uh, growing my business to, you know, 100,000 or 200,000, and I see that I could have a bigger impact, grow my business and get more to that million dollar mark, or if it's not dollars, if it's someone I want to reach people globally, I want to have an impact on thousands of people instead of hundreds of people. It's like, how do we really embrace who we are and master that and give ourselves permission to let go of needing to be everything? Because it's like, once you get super aware of like, oh, this is really what I bring to the table and people need me in it, right? Like for me, a little bit used to be, okay, well, I kind of always want to be the leader. And I used to think, is that a little bit arrogant that I always want to lead until I started looking at soul language and realized, oh, okay, well, that actually is my soul language. And people need me to lead. Not everybody wants to lead. Some people are going, I'm good not leading. You lead and I'm good doing this thing over here and, and allowing for that, right? And, and as soon as we can do that for ourselves, then our teams, our clients, everyone 
it's like we make space for it because we go, oh, I need you to be in your zone of genius. Like I need that. And I'm going to give you the space to be that. It's not going to get into my ego that you are really good at this thing. I'm going to be like, yes, come on my team and shine. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's perfect because that and that's the way the team building needs to go. And that's one reason why I created, you know, a team all in one place with my my changes and my rebrand and my redesign that I went through at the end of last year. And, you know, everybody has their genius. And that is the purpose. That's their purpose is to be in their genius and to shine whatever it is. And like you said, being everything, doing all the things that is not how you're going to get anywhere. Because if you're too busy doing all the things and somewhat of your genius, you're split focused. You're staying, you, you have your mind and your attitude and your, um, the, your mood even can get into a place where even when you get to your genius, like if you do all the things in the morning and then you go to be in your genius in the afternoon, if any kind of a thing went on in that morning that was disturbing in one way or another that sets you off into a weird way of being and thinking, when you go to be in your genius, you're not going to be your best at yeah. being your genius because all those other little things are affecting how you think, how you function, how you feel. And, you know, how, how we feel does play into growing our business, growing our empire. Absolutely. If you Absolutely. hate what you're doing, why would you want to build an empire around what you hate doing? Yeah, well, and to me, that's your soul speaking to you. And it's so interesting. I think it's, it's very reflective of the way society has taught us. Um, I don't know about you, but we always taught you had to do your chores first and then you could play. I don't know if that was your life growing up, but that was my life growing up. You do your chores and then you could play. It was like you had to earn your fun. You had to earn your joy in some ways. It wasn't said that way, but really that's kind of what we're saying. And, um, you know, you said, well, if you do all the things that you have to do in the morning and then you go be in your genius in the afternoon, oh, why, why can't we flip turn that and say, let yourself be in your genius in the morning and let all the other things just wait, really let them wait. And someone out there is going to go, Lisa, you know, my accountant doesn't want me to wait on my, my bills and things. It's true. I, I'm not Pollyanna here. I understand there's things to be done, but just shifting our mindset to say, what if, what if the priority in the morning, if you are the main creator in your business, not prioritizing, creating space and time. And for some people it's in the morning. So then if you're doing taxes in the morning, you're, you, you know, you're limiting that creative ability. Now, some people like to do stuff like that in the afternoon, but the question is, can you prioritize the genius piece first? Or at least put it in the place of the day where you're at your best. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're not a morning person, you do not want to get up and try to be in your genius and be like, I'm a morning <laughs> person. I don't care how much coffee I have because, you know, I got to have my coffee. But still, it's like if you're not a morning person, don't try to be a morning person. In fact, in that case, you know, that that phrase out there, you know, eat the frog first. Yeah. That morning, if you're not a morning person, that might be when you eat the frog and do the things that you don't like doing. So that when, you know, lunchtime or whatever. Hire someone else to eat the frog. That's really what we're saying. We're saying hire someone else to eat the frog. Bingo. Because even then, you still don't want to eat the frog. If you really don't want to eat the frog, then you hire someone to eat the frog. Because there are people out there that love to eat the frog you don't love to eat. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and I still say, that. so here's the other piece for anybody out there building their empire. And they say, that's great, Lisa. But if I don't have a team, first of all, if you don't have a team that does all those things, hire Sophie's team. Sophie's team. <laughs> that's what you're going to do. You're just going to hire Sophie's team to do all those things. And until you can afford to do that, until your business is at the place to do that, you can still use the filter of what really does bring me joy. You know, at the end of the day, we're, we're sold this idea that all these strategies and tactics that are of the minute of, of the day need to be done. And really, they don't. They all work and they all fail miserably. It really matters. You know, you, you said it too. If you're feeling yucky and you hate your, your job or you hate the work you're doing, you're not going to grow the business. Every entrepreneur out there, every business owner out there knows that it's hard work. It's super hard work. So if you want to add on and it's not any fun, <laughs> it's like, you know, you're just layering. It's like just layer more and more on me. Um, so yeah, weigh me down and really just yeah. stop be so in the sweat and I'm not, and I'm stuck. So be radically selfish, I think, initially is what I'm gonna I'm gonna offer as a tip to people. So for example, um, when I do lead generation for clients to come to me, I stopped doing blogging and Facebook lives and all these things for the last couple of years. I really cut that down almost to nothing. If you go on my Facebook, you'll see pictures of my puppy mostly. <laughs> um, because I was getting worn out by the busy busyness of it, it stopped being fun. It used to be fun. I used to do Facebook lives when I was climbing mountains in California and it was great. And it wasn't really productive either for me, but it wasn't any fun was the bigger part of it now. And, and now for me, what I, what I know for me is that my client generation is more fun and actually more lucrative when I do it through different means, through relationships, through referral partnerships, through speaking. I, I do love to speak and train. So it makes sense for me to say, okay, what if I just did that? What if I allowed myself that? And everybody who says I have to grow a list with a freebie and a funnel, if you let yourself say no to that. Now, look, if you love doing that, go crazy. But if you don't love doing that, focus on the thing that you do love doing Put that filter in because there is for sure, hands down, a business strategy that can be filtered through the lens of what you enjoy doing. There absolutely is. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. So Lisa, uh, I could go on, we could go on for hours, but you know, our time is coming to an end. Tell everybody where they can find you, how they can learn more about you and, and see if, you know, the soul language um, offering that you do is something they, they want to do in their, and in their life and their business. Yeah, definitely. The best way is to reach out to me directly, Lisa at lisadad.com. Just send me a quick email because I love to have a conversation with people and see if it makes sense. Um, soul language for me is not about giving somebody a label. Um, there's seven different archetypes, but for me to say, Hey, you're an artist, it doesn't mean anything unless someone's going to use it for a good purpose. At least that's my intention with it. So I really like to see if it's a fit for people. So anybody who's just even intrigued by it and saying, wow, actually, I kind of like the idea of this, reach out, send me an email. We'll jump on a quick phone call and chat about it. Um, and if not, if you just have taken a couple tips today and said, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really care about that piece of it, then hopefully you got a few tips about it. And, uh, and you'll keep that in mind of listening to your soul. It speaks to you each and every day with how we feel about things, whether our energy gets raised or lowered by doing things. I love it. Awesome. Well, you heard it directly. You can actually email her directly and she will answer. I love it. So that's a wrap for today. Uh, thank you for listening. If you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe and check out the show notes where you can get that email address again. And we'll have her other places too, just in case you want to see her website, you know, kind of have that on there. But anyway, <laughs> 
Thanks for listening today. Lisa, thank you for coming on. It was really great having you. And to my listeners, I'll see y'all again next week. Thanks, Sophie. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Building Your Empire. For more tips on business building and living your best life, check out our website at sophiezo.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Have a great day.